I'm back. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Is This a Bad Take? This is the show where I take my own personal opinion about something going on at the sports world today, give my thoughts, and you decide whether this is a good take or a bad take. And it's been a minute. Life has been busy. I appreciate y'all's patience. I hope you've been enjoying the Steel and Teal Talk stuff. It's always fun to do, but it's time to really get into something. And I was going to do the show earlier in the week. I decided to hold off on it because I thought more stuff was going to come out. And holy shit, did it. So this episode, if you haven't noticed, is going to be about the Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor situation. So it's time to get into it. It's time to talk about this and it's time to have this discussion. Um, Before we get into anything. This is about basically it's. How do I put this? Nobody's really in the right here uh, between Ursay and his agent. I think the only person in the right right now is Jonathan Taylor. Um, dude wants to be paid like a top 10 running back. And honestly, he has been. And we'll get into that in a little bit. This all kind of started with the Jim Ursay tweet uh, or X or Z or whatever the hell you're calling this app anymore now. Um, but Basically, if if you haven't been living under if you've been living under a rock, it's time for me to kind of you know we'll we'll bring you to full speed. So, I want to shout out uh, one of the guys on Twitter, Silu uh, over drop or drop balls pod. He kind of broke down this entire you know saga since April. Uh, so basically, in April, Jonathan Taylor apparently said things will happen naturally. In May, he hires a new agent. June, Jonathan Taylor says he wants to retire as a cult, which I still feel is you know is the thing if they can find a way to repair this relationship in July, this is where everything, you know, shit hits the fan. Jonathan Taylor reports to camp. He then requests a trade. He goes on the pup list. Uh, he then, you know, tweet or Urse tweets about the running back situation, which is what really kind of started this whole thing. Um, his agent then, or Jonathan Taylor's agent then t- retweets about Urse's tweet. Urse says the Colts have an offer, Jonathan Taylor. He then says the Colts are not going to trade Jonathan Taylor. There's reports that he failed to physical, um, which I can't find anything of outside of a couple tweets, which as of recording this, maybe I haven't researched hard enough, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Based on what I, and we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, um, reports that he had a back injury and maybe headed the uh, NFI list. Uh, Taylor responds to the back injury reports and then things have completely escalated from there. They have not gone down. So let's break this down piece by piece. So he hires a new agent, requests a trade, because apparently he wants to get paid like a top 10 running back. And statistically, he should be. You know, We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but Jim Mercy tweets out the NFL running back situation. We have negotiated, and this is a quote from his direct tweet. We have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise and good faith by both sides. To say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is inappropriate. Some agents are selling, quote unquote, bad faith. To which Jonathan Taylor's agent responded with, uh, bad faith is not paying your highest or your best offensive player. So here's my thing on that. Jonathan Taylor is that offense. Any Colts fan would agree with me. Did he have a down year last year? Probably, but he was still on pace for another multi-thousand yard season. If he had actually played the full year at the current stats he was at, He would have had 1,552 total yards, which still would have been in the top 10 for running backs that year. And that's all-purpose yards. 
based on the averages that he was having for that year, year to date. And that offense was anemic. Nobody could disagree with me on this. So kind of what's been going on with this, this has been happening. Um, the running back situation, if you've been living under a rock, it's one of the most undervalued situations in the league. There are a couple players who have been paid very, very well. And there are certain players who have, I guess, in some scenario, ruined it for some of these other players, guys like Todd Gurley, um, guys like Ezekiel Elliott, who when they got money, they just kind of fell off a cliff. Uh, Matt Miller came out and said, uh, he's quote, been saying this for years, draft a running back, play the running back. If he's good franchise tag, the running back for one year and then draft another running back. So basically let him play for three, four years and then draft another one. Here's the thing though. While serviceable running backs may grow on trees, elite running backs do not grow on trees. Great running backs don't grow on trees. Players like Jonathan Taylor and players of his caliber. And the one thing that had me worried going into his, you know, into the NFL was the mileage he had when he was at Wisconsin. He got ran like crazy. However, he did lead. He, he was an absolute star running back at Wisconsin. So here's my biggest thing with it. If you look at, you know, it, it, it would be ridiculous. If I'm, in, if I'm the head coach, I would be very upset about the situation, but let, let's start kind of breaking it down piece by piece by piece before we go into full tangents. So again, shout out Lou for putting out together this, this fantastic list. Um, going on the pup list based on a, you know, the injury and everything like that. So for those who don't know, the pup list is physically uh, unable to play list. They will still pay him. After this situation has happened between Ursay and, you know, Jonathan Taylor and his agent and the Colts in general, uh, news about, you know, him apparently failing a physical has come out, which again, I haven't been able to find anything backing it up outside of one or two tweets. And apparently the person who was the insider for that tweet is also one of the people who reported the back injury, which Jonathan Taylor has since refuted saying that, you know, if this is your source, you need to find new sources. So he never, he apparently never reported a back injury. Um, he's never really done. He's never really reported stuff like this. Jonathan Taylor himself is actually said something about Matt Miller uh, in that tweet saying, one, if you're good enough, they'll find you. If you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, you boost the organization. And then it doesn't matter. You're a running back, which he's kind of right. I mean, running backs are very undervalued and they're very underpaid, especially guys at his caliber. If you look at some of the top played running or top paid running backs in the league, you have, you know, your Derek Henry's, your Alvin Kamara's, your Christian McCaffrey's, you know, your Nick Chubb's. Basically, what I've done is I wanted to compile the list of the top five paid running backs in the NFL and their stats over the first three years and compare them to Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor, and these are all purpose yards. So first three years, total touchdowns or total yards, touchdowns and yards per carry. Nick Chubb, 4,134 yards, 30 touchdowns and 5.3 yards per carry. Derrick Henry, 2,665 yards, 23 touchdowns, 4.7 yards per carry. Christian McCaffrey, 5,443 yards, 39 touchdowns, 4.5 yards per carry. Alvin Kamara, 4,476 all-purpose yards, 37 touchdowns, 5.1 yards per carry. But he also never had a 1,000-yard rushing season. And then you look at Aaron Jones, 2,962 yards, 32 touchdowns, 5.2 yards per carry. Now it's time for Jonathan Taylor stats. Jonathan Taylor, over the first three years of its career, in less games than some of these other guys, has 4,643 yards, which is more than all but one. It's only less than uh, Christian McCaffrey. He has 36 touchdowns, which is only less than Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. But it's more than Nick Chubb. It's more than Derrick Henry at this point in his career, and it's more than Aaron Jones. 
he has, and he's averaging 5.1 yards per carry, which is more than Derrick Henry at this point in his career. It is more than Christian McCaffrey at this point in his career. It is equal to Alvin Kamara at this point in his career, and it's less than Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb. So, and if you look at all-purpose yard leaders for the last three years, when he was in the league in 2022, he still would have been at the top 10 because it would have been 1,500 yards. But that was Jacobs, Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Jefferson, and Hill for all-purpose yards. Tyreek Hill. 2021, he led the league in all-purpose yards. Ahead of Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Najee Harris, and Justin Jefferson. And then in 2020, he was number six. uh, Behind Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, um, Alvin Kamara, Stefan Diggs, and of all people, you know, Ty Montgomery. Which, that surprised everybody. But he was number six. So he's, in this three years in the league, he has consistently finished in the top 10 for all-purpose yards. He wants to be paid like a top 10 running back, and he's performing like a top 10 running back. Uh, Flemlo Raps actually made a great point about this. He's a guy on YouTube. If you haven't watched his stuff, check him out. Absolutely phenomenal content. I watched it. I actually think he made a lot of sense. There's never a bad time to demand your respect, especially if you, and the part that I'm adding is especially if you've earned it. In my opinion, Jonathan Taylor has absolutely commanded the respect that he's asking for. And there's never a bad time to ask for the respect that you have so rightfully deserved. Right now, Ursay is like Nero watching Rome burn and is playing that violin on top of the roof. It's ridiculous. That tweet is clearly a slap in the face of Jonathan Taylor. It's clearly directed at him. You know, right now, and this is Colts fans, please don't be upset with me about this. To me, I feel that this is Ursay putting his pride over the betterment of the team. You know, he's a top 10 talent in the position. You have a promising rookie quarterback, a brand new head coach. Why the hell would you want to undo the one constant in that equation? If he's healthy, Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs in this league. He's a top five, top six running back in this league when he's healthy. Even last year, he was still a top 10 running back and he was hurt and that offense was stagnant. It's it's incredible to me. And the biggest thing too about this too is a lot of the media is putting their own spin on this as well. Uh, you have Pat McAfee, you know, Colts super fan of the year, who I, I usually, I, I agree with him on a lot of things. I don't agree with him on this one. Apparently he's been saying he's been bad to people in the complex, allegedly, and hasn't quote unquote bought in Uh with an interview with uh, I think it's Joe Lombardi's his name on one of the more recent shows saying he hasn't, he, he feels he hasn't bought in and is basically telling someone you should, I feel Pat McAfee is basically telling Jonathan Taylor, you should smile more like fuck out of here with that shit. Lombardi on the Pat McAfee show said the ballot should tell him to get treatment and then leave, which I'm paraphrasing of course, but like that doesn't help this situation. That is further escalating the point. If you have an issue with Jonathan Taylor having, you know, a scorched earth approach, why would you do the same back? This doesn't help the situation. This only continues to escalate it. I don't understand it. I don't understand where some of these reports are coming from. Apparently now he's got a a tight hamstring, which again, that's come out of nowhere. When, since when has that been an issue that that was, this has never been reported. Like, I, I don't understand it. Like it's, I don't get it. I don't get why the media and why certain people are trying to put it. I, I guess I do get it. I mean, they're trying to, you know, paint Ursay and the, you know, the Colts organization to better light and make Taylor look like the bad guy. But when you have guys on the field, if you look at the interview that Deion Jackson had, uh, he said he's being a good teammate and he's still being a good teammate and coaching up players on the field. And he's in meetings and he's giving his input and all the players are behind him. Apparently he's the same guy. He always is. If he's not happy, smile, you know, go lucky, you know, type guy. And if that's not him in general, 
And then you don't know that, but then you see him on the field at a later date and he's, you know, all business, no nonsense type thing. Maybe that's just him. You don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know the dude, but like, look, statistically, he's a top 10 player. He should be getting paid like a top or he's a top 10 running back. He should be getting paid like a top 10 running back. You know, give him another couple of years. What we can, we've talked about this. Me and Jalen have talked about this on shows. Jim and I have talked about this on shows. Give him a front-loaded contract, heavily incentive-laden front-loaded contract to keep him a cult because you don't want to lose this piece. Even if he sits out for a year, cool. He'll sit out for a year, become a free agent, and then go on his merry fucking way and go play for another team that wants to pay him. I mean, it, why not? Give him another year of his career. Do what – um, oh, what's his name? Uh do with the offensive lineman did for San Francisco and he didn't want to play anymore. He wanted to take some time off. He's like, I'm not happy. I'm going to sit out. Who cares? This guy's made millions of dollars. If he's, you know, if he's done right things with his money, he can afford to sit out for a year and not take this. Now, the thing that gets me though, because they still have to pay him. I think what the Colts are potentially doing, and this is the problem that I don't agree with. They're potentially talking about putting him on the non-football entry list. Now, for those who don't know, if you go on the non-football entry list, that organization does not have to pay you for that year. So there's a very good chance. Not only is he holding out and not collect, or, you know, he, he might hold out for the year. We don't know. We'll see what happens that, you know, that's for speculation at a later date. He might hold out. He might not. But if he does hold out and he goes on the non-football injury list, Indianapolis doesn't have to pay him because they can say that his injury was had outside of the team facility and it's not their fucking problem. Which to me, scummy move. Absolutely scummy move. I understand, like, look, you don't have to like his agent. You don't have to like the mentality. But you have to understand and respect what Jonathan Taylor has brought to y'all's offense. Your offense and your you want to give Anthony Richardson and your, your new head coach the best chance to, to succeed year one and year two and have the best building blocks and put the best pieces around your rookie quarterback and brand new head coach who are supposed to be the future of your franchise. Why would you take away arguably one of the top 10, arguably a top 10 running back in the league What you have at your disposal? Give him a front-loaded contract. Find a way to meet him in the middle. Give him that front-loaded contract, heavy incentive-laden, where if he doesn't pan out in two years, you can cut him for a minimal loss. There's ways around this. This is Right now, the Colts organization, this is coming from a Jaguars fan, so it might be a little biased. The Colts organization, I feel like, is working solely on pride. I haven't heard Chris Ballard say anything. I've only heard Ursay and his, you know, Mad King-fueled tweets, whatever he wants to do. And I'm not saying Ursay's necessarily a bad guy. I, I think some of his comments about it being a privilege in the league is, you know, we don't need to get into that. Um, we kind of do. I mean, yeah, the league will move on. Uh at the end of the day, but when you have dynamic players and you have the chance to have, you know, I don't want to throw the word generational talent around, but when you have the chance to have a top 10 player for the next five or six years, why the hell wouldn't you? Your organization may not remember, you know, Jonathan Taylor after the time he's gone, but if this continues to go down this road, everyone will absolutely remember this. They'll remember the back and forth between a billionaire and, and you know, one of the guys on his football team. You know, I, I don't and I'm not going to take shots at, you know, his sobriety and his arrest record. You know, I, I don't want to be that guy. Um, you know, that that's a different conversation for a different day. But saying it's a privilege to be a part of the league. Yeah, you're right. But you act like they didn't earn it. You know, you inherited your team from your dad. Every single player in this league has worked their 
ass off to get to this point. It's a privilege to be a part of it, sure, but it's not. It wasn't just handed to them. They fucking earned it. So that's that's very, in my opinion, that's a super tone deaf take. So I mean, look, here's where I'm at with it. I think Ursay is wrong. I think it's a horrible take. I think Ursay is fighting to keep his pride afloat right now. Um, this is sort of reminded me of the. Uh, Vita Blue and the old A's owner, which if you don't know enough about that, look into that. This is not what the show is about, but he's working solely on pride at this point. And, uh, you know, man to man, there's times you have to swallow your pride for the betterment of the people around you. So in my opinion, I would do that, you know, if to do what Jalen and I do on our, on two days of sports news all the time, you know, if I were the GM, you know, if, if it's, if I were the GM, if I were the, you know, owner of the Indianapolis Colts, which I am not, I wouldn't give him everything he's looking for, but I would understand and look at the numbers and look at the offense on the field. Look at the offense with him on the field versus the offense without him on the field. It's different. Everyone's talking about him last year like he had a down year. No, he was hurt. He only played for 11 games. He missed eight games or six games, but he was still on pace for 1,500 yards. You lose 1,500 yards of offense, that's why you have a top five draft pick. <laughs> I'm sorry. As Look, as a Jaguars fan, you, you if you have an anemic offense, we understand how this works. If the offense doesn't move the ball, you end up with another top five pick the next year. That's just how this game works. Like, yeah, defense wins championships, but offense scores points. Talk to the New York Jets and Zach Wilson when they averaged less than two yards of play. They didn't score and they didn't win. You have to put up points to win. And you have to move the ball and drive the ball on offense to win and to score most of the time. I mean, obviously, the defensive, that's semantics. And the best way to do that is to have your best offensive weapons around you. And right now, the Colts' best offensive weapon is Jonathan Taylor. Could Anthony Richardson be that, you know, next superstar offensive weapon? Absolutely. I have been pounding the table for this kid since he was at Florida. Um, He's he has, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, Richardson has the highest ceiling of any quarterback that has come out of this class. But he also has the lowest floor. He's a very raw prospect, but he has the arm talent, he has the mental capacity, and he has the raw athletic ability to turn this game on its side and really change it again. He has that potential to be that player, but he has to have the right pieces around him, and he certainly can't do it on his own. If I'm investing in my quarterback in the future, that I think Anthony Richardson should be. If I'm the owner of the Colts, I'm I'm giving Jonathan Taylor a contract. Front-loaded, you know, front-loaded contract. Heavily incentive-laden to where it's a very team-friendly deal. Now, he's also said that he's not going to trade him, uh, which is hilarious because now every Bleacher Report, ESPN, and everybody and their mother has said, well, he's a great fit for all 31 teams. No shit. He's a top 10 running back. He's going to be a fit anywhere stop it yeah obviously he's going to work for all 31 teams he could play for anybody right now he could play for jacksonville he could play for literally anybody the only team he wouldn't start for is probably the titans <laughs> the titans or the 49ers or you know maybe the packers or you know the browns where they already have those the other top four top five running backs in the league but he could start pretty much anywhere else in the nfl right now tomorrow if he were to change teams and get traded now ursay said you know, we're not going to trade him in, you know, we're not going to trade him now. We're not going to trade him in October. We're not going to trade him anywhere, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, you obviously don't want to trade him. So it, 
they're, they don't want to trade him. They want to work on a contract. Do I think this relationship is repairable? Yes, but only if Ursay can come down off his pedestal. Do I think Jonathan Taylor stays with the Colts? For this year, yes. Now, do I think it's whether he holds out or if he actually gets that contract? That I don't know. Um, I don't want to make that opinion. I, I, I don't know enough to make an opinion on that. But I do think he stays with Indianapolis this year. I think if the Colts aren't going to sign him, they sure as hell aren't going to trade him. So they're going to sit back and they're going to wait and they're going to see what happens. Do I think the Colts put him on the non-football injury list? No, because the amount of backlash they would get from putting him on the non-football injury list would be astronomical. So that's where I'm at with it. Um, Sorry for the tangent and everything. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, what you can do, you know, rate the show five stars, comment, subscribe, retweet it, send it to all your friends, feed the algorithm gods. That's the best way to keep this show going. Let us know and kind of build it from there. If you liked it, great. If you didn't like it, awesome. I appreciate your time. This never happened. I can't give you the time back. Um, I would if I could, but I can't. I might not. Um, but <laughs> thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you agreed with me, let me know on Twitter. The best way to find me or any of the other shows on Twitter, um, go check out. Uh, it's going to be at ITA Bad Sake Pod on Twitter or X or whatever the hell this app is called now. Whatever my dumpster fire is called at this point. Um, go check out the other show with me and Jim, uh, Steel and Teal Talk. We should have a new one coming out next week. Um, go check out me and Jalen's show over two dudes of sports news. Interact with us there at, at TDS and pod on X or Twitter or whatever the hell this thing's called. Um, that's the best way to get in touch with us. Best way to find out about updates about the show and when we release it. Um, if you want to get a shout out, the best way to do that is to either a be a source like Flimla raps and everybody, uh, or <laughs> be a friend of the show, retweet the show, um, or, you know, give us one of those ratings. So, and also have a show that we, we also align with. Well, maybe not align with, you know what I mean? Be a friend of the show, you know, retweet five stars, all that fun stuff. Um, if you're looking for wrestling shows and these are some of the guys who did it. If you're looking for wrestling shows, go check out, um, wrestling fan insight with John or wrestling world podcast, with Austin, fantastic wrestling shows. If you're looking for more unfiltered sports takes, go check out Jim over at fan of the van. He's absolutely been tearing the Yankees and the Mets apart this year, which is warranted. Um, if you're looking for another angry Yankees fan, uh, who we love dearly, uh, <laughs> Sorry, Brent. Go check out Brent and Dave over the 1420 podcast. Um, go check out the guys over the BSing Sports podcast. Aaron over Brutally Honest Sports. Uh, Darian over at Chill Takes. If you're on TikTok, check him out. He does great content. Um, go check out Dave and John over Love of the Playing Field. The boys over the We Like Sports podcast. Sports Bliss with Rob and Chris. Uh, go check out the Sports After Dark podcast. Um, go check out Flomo Raps on YouTube. Doesn't retweet or do anything show. I just love his, I love his content. It's great. Fantastic YouTube channel. If you haven't watched, check it out. Um, go check out the Sports After Dark stuff. Hopefully I'm on there to talk about the Jaguars with the Two Dudes of Sports News podcast, but we'll see. Um, if you're looking to gamble outside of an NFL facility, go check out Nate's Daily Wager and go check out um, You Bet Smart with Jake and Scott. If you're looking for a little something that's not sports related, go check out Visit Vegas Place with McCoyle. Learn all about Vegas and the ins and outs and what to do and what not to do. Go check out the Stupid History Bennett. Another good show. Um, but as always, you know, thank you guys for listening. Hope you appreciated this madhouse of an episode. Let me know your thoughts and I'll see you next time.